Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y 467369. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros, of course. I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, joined as always by my brother, my partner on the west side of, I was about to say Manhattan, on the west side of Los Angeles. I wish. Nando Vila, what's going on, bro? Doing well, doing well, just uh, enjoying the my Miami Dolphins, the greatest football team uh, in, the, in the news. You know, I love it when the Dolphins make the news, always for the right reasons. Right, and we don't talk about sports generally speaking on this show, but this this Brian Flores thing with the Dolphins kind of touches on just a bigger sort of theme, and so we do want to get into that with Nando being a Miami native, Miami native, and ostensibly a Dolphins fan. But first, <laughs> man, um, Whoopi Goldberg is in the news these past few days because she got into some hot water for something that she kind of treated as a throwaway statement on the View. When she said that, you know, the Holocaust wasn't about race because Jews and Germans were both white in Germany. Um, of course, she went on Colbert and clarified her statements. It was like, I mean, obviously they had a problem with the, the these these people's ethnicities or, you know, their cultural backgrounds or whatever. But they're both white people. Right. And this caused the whole hullabaloo when I like I don't know what it means to say that Hitler didn't do something for racism as if it somehow makes the Holocaust worse or more significant if it's racist so weird I I don't know I don't know (laughs) I just I just thought the, the conversation and the discourse 
online, Nando, was funny because it reminded me of that old Chris Rock um, adage, right? And in, in the bit that he did in his stand-up where he's like, yo, like, we don't really have time to group you into different types of crackers. You guys are all crackers. Y'all white. Yeah. As far as I know and I'm concerned, you're all white. And I get that it's a very simplistic way to view it. I think for Whoopi Goldberg's part in all of this, to me, again, as a, as a black person, I completely understand what she's trying to say, even if people yeah, think she yeah. made a huge mistake. So Whoopi Goldberg's like, American Jewish people are white. They descended from the Jews in Europe, who we all agree are white people. How could it be, like, today, we call them all white. How could it be that they're white now, but weren't white then? Like, American Jews are white people, period. There's no, the descendants of the Holocaust who moved here because of the atrocities committed and, quite frankly, the virulent anti-Semitism of places like England and France who are like, nah, we're not trying to take the Jews in even yeah. after the war, even after all the atrocities. A lot of them did have to come here from Poland and Russia and all these other places. Everybody in American society agrees that they're white people. And so I, I, I kind of understand what Whoopi Goldberg is saying. They're white. Like it's white people doing awful things to white people. So how could it be about race? Like I get the, I get the, don't get it twisted. I get the, 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 the hullabaloo, but at a certain, like at a core, at the core of what Whoopi's saying, I understand what she means. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those, it's one of those like mind numbing controversies in that no one actually <laughs> thinks like, Whoopi Goldberg is some sort of Holocaust denier. Like, like you have to be like an insanely vicious person to take what she was trying to say or what she actually said, even, and equate it to some level of like Holocaust denialism or whatever. Like, no one's like anyone who's like actually mad about this is kind of, I don't know, I'm like calling bullshit on it. You know what I mean? Um, What Whoopi made the mistake is that it doesn't matter like you know it doesn't matter like she's applying kind of modern american uh analyses of race you know what i mean uh of what right. it means to be white or it means to be black or or whatever you know to something in the past in a, in a kind of irrelevant way um you know it doesn't matter that today Jews in America or whatever, like are, are basically like lumped in kind of indifferently with like German Americans or Irish Americans or Italian Americans or whatever. Um, you know, like obviously like that, that who cares? Like the back then, I don't know, like in Europe, if you were a Slav, you were not a fucking, you were not a German and you know, like, and they, right. were like <laughs> they didn't like those people, you know, right. um, in, in Italy, in the North, they don't like the Italians in the South. They don't like those people, right. you know? Um, and, and, um, and in Germany in the 1930s, they don't like the Jews. And, you know, like the, the, the lesson being that, you know, societies often are susceptible to create in groups and out groups. Um, and you know, in fascism, often like you know, the vilification of an outgroup doesn't matter for what reason. It's never like valid or correct, and who cares? Like, right. you know what? It's, just, it's wrong. <laughs> you know, like it's fucking wrong. Who cares if it's like, I don't know. Like, but I get like what she was trying to say. But she was just, she was just. It's because like everything in America is viewed through a racial lens these days 
that she's like trying to apply that same level of analyses to the past. And it might just be kind of slightly off. Although she is exactly right that like Judaism, the, the, like the, the relationship between like whether Judaism is an ethnicity or a race is like not a simple open and shut question. It's like complex. It's yep. like a little complex. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's African Jews and there's, you know, Slavic Jews and there's, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of Jews and, you know, they're, they're, um, they have, they feel a kinship with each other in, in, in many ways. Um, but to call them like all of the same race is like, is not, would not be precise either, you know? So mm -hmm. like, it's one of those weird mind numbing controversies that, you know, poor Whoopi got suspended for, from two weeks for the view. She can't, <laughs> she can't, she can't talk about Biden with her sisters, uh, on the view for two weeks, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, it's one of those controversies that's very of our time and that like, you know, because like. You know, and and you, Waz, you and I talk about this because we struggle to like come up with topics to talk about on the show because yeah, yeah, because kind of there's nothing happening there's, in politics. There's yeah. nothing happening. Yeah, like the Biden administration. The government is isn't working. Like right. they're not it's doing not, anything. Yeah, and like what what is there even left to debate? You know, like the mm -hmm. the Biden administration is just is is like a dead man walking administration, right? Um, there's yeah. nothing left to fight for, debate, or even get mad about. Um, it just is what it is. Um, and everyone feels that way. And so we gotta, we gotta yell about, we gotta get mad about Whoopi. Uh, so I feel bad for Whoopi. She got suspended for, for two weeks. Like, I don't, we, you know, you and I are both, are both, both very like, you know, we have a high bar for the work, uh, reprimand, you know, and Whoopi. Yeah. On, like, no yeah. Way. I mean, look, uh, the, obviously I would never think that she should be fired for this. Reprimanded is even a stretch. Cause again, um, you cannot you're on board point with the suspension. No, no, I'm not oh, on no, board with the suspension yeah. because I don't think yeah. the reprimand was was warranted. Because again, you can't point to what he said and say it's like wrong in the American spirit of things. Right. Um, like there's no there's no reading of it, especially for a black person, right? I think white people obviously have a better understanding of like, no, of course, there's differences between. Irish people and Italian people, which is the example I always cite, because it's the white people that I've been closest to in my own life are yeah. Irish and Italian people in New York City. And this yeah. is it's obvious, it's palpable. You feel it, you know, yeah. um, in New Just York City. Just watch The Departed, like, you know the differences, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's tangible in New York for us, right? Um, because of how how entrenched those people are in, in that place and just like how the proximity too, right? I think because Irish and Italian people live amongst each other, the differences become even starker because they're such a prideful people. Like the idea of a hyphenated American, it's a very Northeast, you know, New York or coastal really type of thing, to be honest. Um, the, the idea that you're Italian American, you're Irish American, Polish American, and you'll fly a Polish flag outside your crib and you'll open a bar and you'll be flying an Irish flag yeah. or whatever, right? Like yeah. that's that's something that's very um central to where we are. And you know, again, I we all understand that there are differences, but in the main, when we're doing this American thing, they're white. Okay. Yeah. Um. I I tweeted a picture of Bobby Cannavale and Bill Burr, and I was like, we call both of these homies white in this country, and we right. don't even think about it. And that's what yeah. I liked about the whoopee thing, because it's like, all right, why don't we take the next step and just stop and think about it? 
Why is Whoopi calling Jewish people white? How does that come to be, right? Who makes those decisions? Who opts into whiteness, right? Which is yeah. a part, you know, are, are um, American Jews complicit in their own whiteness? You know, these are questions we got to ask ourselves, right? And, like, what does it mean to embrace whiteness, you know, unabashedly? You know what I mean? Like, these are the questions I want to yeah. talk about. I want to ask people that, that like, I don't think people want to get into. People just want to be like, well, obviously, you know, because I was talking about this on Twitch yesterday. And people were like, um, well, Hitler called them the inferior race. So, obviously, it was about race. And I was like... So we just take Hitler at his word now? <laughs> like we just, well, I mean, we just, again. Well, that's yeah. what he said. So he had to mean it. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. It's just so yeah. weird. The um, the sort of the burn uh, whoopee at the stake people. I'm just like, what are, like, do you hear yourself in what you're actually advocating? <laughs> well, he, you know what, what? what's funny to me? Uh, okay, so like she was doing kind of something you just made me think about. She was doing something in reverse. One of my favorite little subgenres just because I guess I cover, I used to cover soccer a lot, is that um, a lot of European soccer players uh, are getting in trouble all the time because uh, in a lot of European countries, they celebrate Three Kings Day more than like Christmas kind of thing, like Santa okay. Claus Christmas. They celebrate Three Kings Day, which is January 6th, which is when the three wise men kind of gave Jesus. Uh, okay, the, the frankincense, wise... the myrrh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all of that. And there was three wise men, one of whom was black, you know? So, like, very okay. often on Three Kings Day, like, in Europe, people would dress up as, like, the three wise men, and, like, they would just do, like, blackface, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> like, of course. You know what I mean? And um, But blackface, you know, blackface doesn't face... have the same history that it has of in America. Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. It's, like, a weird form of, like, American imperialism in that, like, we're exporting our own racism <laughs> or our own, well, like... We're grafting you know, like, it black... onto everybody else. Right. right. Like... Blackface has a very specific American history and sort of like the minstrel theaters and, and things like that. And like, it's, you know, like a horrible thing to do in, especially in this context, like you should know better or whatever, you know, but like the Europeans have no, like, that's just not a thing. It's just not a right. thing, you know, but like you European grew up in France. Players, why would you know about like the origins of country music no, and no. American culture, <laughs> like the origins of American, like, why no. would you know that? No, you just celebrate the Three Kings Day because, like, in the Bible, the fucking three kings uh, went to the thing right. and gave the baby Jesus, and one of them was black, and then you dressed up as it. You know, like it's not, you know, so like it's a it's a weird form of like uh, American chauvinism or imperialism to like apply our lens of viewing yeah. even problems because that's what you know? we do with everything. Yeah, um, and um, so like Whoopi was kind of doing a little bit of that, you know, like she was like, you know, like in America, like the Jews are fucking just like us, you know, like, <laughs> like what's the problem the here? Jews are exactly <laughs> yeah. as the Germans are here in America. Yeah. I don't see what you're yeah. talking about. How could it be a race thing yeah. if they're all white? Like, right. the, and that was the like the way that she said it so manifact matter matter of factly. When I was just like, bro, like. She's right in the American context, right? Like you can say, well, it happened in Europe and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just like, bro, in the American context, like y'all all white, you know, <laughs> like y'all yeah. all I'm white, white you period. Know? Uh, yeah. Mando's yeah, yeah. a white guy. He's from Spain. Yeah. Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz are white guys. They're white guys. They're Cubans, right? Yeah. Which they would probably say if you caught them in an honest moment. Well, actually, I'm actually just technically Spanish. You know, yeah. if yeah. we're being honest, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I just thought it was just a fascinating conversation because, again, these, like, 
<laughs> race as being the most ludicrous notion on planet Earth is something that I've become more and more interested in, right? Especially like, especially as you get out of New York and you meet people from different backgrounds, like here in LA. Um, most of you listening to this know, like I used to date somebody who was Armenian. And yeah. I was like, yo, what are y'all? <laughs> Because in New York, we don't got Armenians. I'm like, are y'all Middle Eastern? Are y'all white? Because I'm looking at you and I'm like, we would have just called you Italian or Greek (laughs) in New York. We would have just guessed like, yeah, she's Italian. Yeah, she's Greek. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are (laughs) y'all? Hey, you could have been Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? So like, I've become so, so much more fascinated by it. And then again, I'm looking on Twitter where people are talking about one, they're saying Hitler said it was a race thing. So we got to believe it because Hitler said it. And then two, like when people get into making the distinctions about what well, the Germans look like this and the Jews, I'm like, y'all start sounding like eugenicists. Yeah, Literally. Totally. <laughs> Once you start adopting the language of racial, um, the essential nature of yeah. any. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, bruh, I, I like this is sounding crazy. And I, you know, and I was telling, I was talking to my homie, I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he wants his views, like whatever, but he's a Jewish American. He's like, yo, you know, the crazy thing that people don't understand is like that Germans do look different from a lot of Jews. Like, it's, it's, it's like the thing is, like, if they would have lived in Germany, it would have been pretty easy for them to identify it as people who were there. Yeah. They, it would have been pretty easy for them to be like, up, oh, that's a Jew. Up, oh, that's a yeah. that's a German. Up, oh, that's a whatever. Yeah. Um, and he was like, bro, like they, they looked different. But the problem was when you say that again, sometimes you might put somebody like people will put somebody up in front of me. I remember, man, I remember the first time. <laughs> I heard somebody describe one of my somebody I'm friends with as looking very Jewish, <laughs> and it, and our like it hit my ears weird because I was like, "What yeah. the fuck does that mean?" Like, because yeah. again, I'm black and I'm just like, they're white boys, you know. I know yeah. their last names are like Epstein and all of that, so they're obviously <laughs> Jewish, but like they don't hit my eye as automatically Jewish. But I think. Well, Another thing it's a little that bit like how Eskimos, like how Eskimos have like you know two hundred words for snow, you know, because like when they see a, a field of snow, they see like all kinds of different types of snow. Right. Whereas to us, it's just fucking snow. You know, it's just snow. Exactly. It's snow. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, yo, that's kind of crazy, you know. And then it's like now I got a picture my my homeboys with the curly side um side sideburns like the Hasidic Jews right. and crown height. And it's, I'm like, maybe if he rocked the top hat and did the curly joint and had a black coat on, maybe I could see it. Like I just I was just I was confused by it. You know what I'm saying? And I and I really do think like a lot of this is based off of context clues, right? Like if a person has a certain shape nose and a certain color hair and they're from New York City, you give somebody that context, they're going to be like, a Jew, absolutely, 100%, no doubt about it, right? But in a different context, I feel like these people could have been Italian. They could have been this because like I hear all this shit about Jewish people in their noses. I don't. You know, again, I'm not somebody who, like, identifies noses. But I'm like, I've heard similar shit about Armenians. I've heard similar shit about Italians. I'm like, who owns the nose shit, y'all? You know what I mean? At a certain point, it's all just such bullshit to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I, the the real lesson, um, the real lesson is that like we we, we shouldn't like hyper racialize every like we shouldn't we shouldn't yes. we shouldn't like see everything and like try to like you know like you saying like get like super specific about it like what technically counts as like a thing you know whatever it's like we should be transcending that like we should try to be transcending that and like um, whether the Holocaust was was racist like a, an expression of racism or something else <laughs> like doesn't matter it was horrible they killed fucking nine million people or yeah million jews and like that's horrible like who cares like it doesn't matter both sides of the debate are like yelling and mad at each other and it's like like we're kind of missing the the, the picture that like there was, Point. This, yeah. there was this horrible thing and that like we need to be transcending kind of any in and out group like seeing ourselves for our difference and seeing ourselves for our common humanity right that we should try to like emphasize our common humanity rather than like be like well those people like that those are those are that people you know like that kind of leads you to that's like what leads you to uh this this suspicion that creates the kind of um in-group out-group mentality you know it's like you know kind of seeing people further as categories is like is a, is 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 not not healthy it's just not a healthy way to look at the world you know um and yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, the more I think about it, the the more we prioritize. Cause, and I know so many of these black people who are just like, "Nah, man, fuck that. You gotta call it what it is. It's racism. You gotta say it. Racism. It's yeah. race. You know, yeah. like they really be on that, right? And I'm just like, I'm to the point myself where the term is so inflammatory." That it just becomes useless in conversation. People hear racism and they either become enraged or they completely tune it out. Um, yeah. it's it's just become a way we it just doesn't work anymore as far as definitionally like races. I hope people are getting smart to the fact that the these racial groupings that we've concocted with each other are ridiculous. I remember, you know, one of my favorite parts of our conversation that we had with Pascal Gobert about the Haitian revolution, when he talked about these black West Africans that just got to the island, he was like, these are not people who would have considered themselves a part of one black race. No, They were all from individual tribes, individual nations. They had different worshiping customs, all this other stuff. They didn't see themselves as one back then. Again, like these are people from West Africa. Yeah. Right, where you feel like, oh, this is like a, there's like a commonality, commonality there between Ivory Coast and Senegal, right? Yeah. So much less the category of white when you're talking about Italians and Irishmen, like it just seems absurd. Our modern understanding of race and racism in America is not universal. It's not a universal truth. It is very specific to the foundation creation of America, the development of American, especially American capitalism, um, you know, on, on in the wake of slavery and things like that. Like, it's just like that specific experience, which is not not the common one. It's not it's mm -hmm. like America had a very, very specific um, experience with slavery and the, the, the fact that it imported slaves uh, from, from somewhere else. The fact that it industrialized um, by importing peasants from Europe rather than with its own kind of uh, peasant underclass, like all this kind of shit um, is what undergirds our modern understanding of race. It's just not how other societies experience it. You know, it's, it's so specific to like your example of the Haitian uh, revolution is perfect, right? Like 
they they have a completely different understanding of of race and mm -hmm. racism like some of those like like a black uh like a, like a, a black kind of elite in haiti would be like those people are disgusting you know right well, <laughs> like, you know Always um, everywhere yeah you know what i mean like i'm not one of those people like those people are disgusting <laughs> um and it's just because of the specific context in which their society um came to be and like we do have this weird weird twisted american imperial notion that we we export almost our notions of racism or like how we identify mm -hmm. or analyze it um to other societies who look at us and they're like that's weird you know that's just not how we see it yeah you know we have our other problems like we don't like the gypsies or something <laughs> you know something that like we wouldn't you know like we wouldn't that's like know about you know like we got a real problem with those gypsies or something you know what i mean like um like it's just that's just it it's so specific to societies that we we have to have an ability to process that in an adult way, you know? Yeah, we got to be better. Um, I wish we, I wish Whoopi all the best. Um, I enjoyed the, the outrage online. I thought it was interesting. I, I didn't get into it with people on Twitter. I was just like, man, like, if you, <laughs> if you arguing on behalf of like, no, there are races, you need to check yourself. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. What's going on, guys? You know what it is. New year, new you. I get it. I, 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 we all got We all have our New Year's resolutions. One of them is to eat better, right? You want to eat good food, but you also want to spend an arm and a leg. And guess what? HelloFresh can help you with that. They have endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. Here's the deal. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skipping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you those wait and those long lines where these people don't know how to use a checkout thing. It drives me insane. So 
I know what you're thinking. So, well, I mean, I could just go to a restaurant. Guess what? HelloFresh, 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. You could save, on average, over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put towards those 2022 goals of yours. That's right. Whatever it is you're trying to do with that extra money, I don't know. Okay, maybe you open a savings account. Maybe your, your New Year's resolution is to save more money. HelloFresh helps you with that as well. I know going out to a restaurant, as I said, is inconvenient. Particularly, I got a big family, man. It's hard to get the kids in the car and go down. No, 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 no. We're going to do HelloFresh at the house. They sent it to my house. We had all types of meals. The, these meals are easy to make. They're delicious. My kids love the pub-style shepherd's pie. They also love the Bravo balsamic chicken, the sun-dried tomato spaghetti. The list goes on and on. Get you some HelloFresh. It's delicious. It is affordable, and it is convenient. So this is what I want you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BOM16 and use the code BOM16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, HelloFresh.com slash BOM16 and get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. The promo code is BOM16. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, moving on, man, to Brian Flores and this class action suit that he's brought up against the NFL. And it's basically like, yo, you guys have completely fucked up hiring practices. Um, and I can prove it. Or at least I'm willing to drag you to court, all kinds of depositions, all kinds of shit being found in discovery and your emails and your correspondences. I'm willing to make this nasty, muddy and disgusting to embarrass you because your business practices are fucking abhorrent. Um, for those of you who don't know, Brian Flores, New York City native, by the way, went to Poly Did Prep. Did not know that. Did not know that. Yeah, man, went to Poly Prep, which is like, you know, a really they 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 were super sick at football when I was when when I was growing up. And when he would have been there, they would have been amazing at football. And like, yeah, really um uh Freaking expensive school. I'm pretty sure it's either in the Bronx or Westchester. I always forget and where Poly like Prep Afro-Latino? is. Latino. I've always thought it's like Flores is like a Hispanic name. Maybe he's Panamanian. Who knows? Yeah. I um, know. I never, I never got into that. But um, but sometimes like Trinidadian people will have Spanish names yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a homie of mine who was Trinidadian had a last name Gonzalez. Um, but no, he's a Brooklyn native. Um, again. So he gets fired by the Dolphins. He had a pretty nice run with them, unceremoniously, um, you know, killed by the uh, fired by them. They leaked horrible, uh, like basically yeah. backstabbed him on his way out of town. Horrible stuff they I leaked don't know to the why. press. He had a, he had a salty relationship with the GM. I know, but like, why? Like, uh, you know, coaches in the NFL. This is like I don't understand why the Dolphins did that. Like I'm just like I'm talking about like, in Brooklyn. Miami. Wow, I'm a freaking idiot. I don't know why I thought that was in Westchester. But yeah, yeah go ahead. But yeah, like all my friends are from Miami, you know, like in Dolphins group chats and shit, like they're all like, you know, um, oh, it looked bad for them to fire Flores, so they had to like leak all this shit about him and I'm like People, coaches in the NFL get fired all the time for whatever. Like you're like, coach, yeah. like a coach you know shelf life in the NFL yeah. for a coach is like two years, you know? 
but um, but they knew it wasn't but they knew it wasn't because of cause they so they had to put out like he was just a really mean uptight yeah. belichick disciple like he was just not he wasn't about bullshit he didn't suffer fools and people were like i don't like working with that type of cat yeah. um so they felt like they had to smear him some way anyway what ends up happening is he's he's looking for a new job. He's being interviewed for different jobs, and he he's he has an interview scheduled with the New York Giants. Then he gets a text from his former boss, Bill Belichick of the Patriots, who um, before Flores went to Miami, he was an assistant under Belichick. Uh, he gets a text from Belichick like, "Yo, Brian, congrats on the new Giants job." And Brian Flores is confused. Like, why the hell not? I didn't even go to the interview yet. He's like, what? Nah, you got the job, blah, blah, blah. And Belichick doesn't realize that he texted the wrong Brian. It was his other former assistant, white, notable white man, Brian Dayball, who's been killing it for the Bills for the past three years, who already got the job. But because of the NFL's Rooney rule, the Giants were going to go through with a sham interview with Brian Flores, even though they already gave the job to somebody else. So Brian Flores is just infuriated by this. Like these dudes put a lot of work and hours into preparing for these interviews to show these people like, yo, I'm somebody you should want to work with. I, I'm, I know my stuff. I'm professional X, Y, and Z. He put all this work in. And I think honestly, man, he just blew a gasket and was just pissed and was just like yeah. I, he, yeah. he mentioned on a get up i mean he, 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 he ended his career right like he, ended, yeah, his he ended his career he's like i'm taking these people down i know like i like now i like you feel like it's bullshit when you're going through the process but he's like now i know it's complete bullshit he talked yeah. about on get up with um Mike Greenberg on ESPN this morning, he had an interview with them about 20 minutes. The, he said that he had an interview with the Denver Broncos during the last hiring cycle that he was a part of. Um, that time that he, when, he, when he got the um, Dolphins job, he interviewed with the Broncos and he said, the owner and John Elway, not only were they an hour late for the interview, they were hungover. They were partying the night before. And that's how they showed up to his job interview. He's like, yo, like all these, like you hear all of these things about how impossible it is to break in. And even when you do, you're going to do it out of the most shittiest of situations. And then even when you get into that situation, you, you're kept on the shortest of leashes. Um, he was like, even though you hear all of that stuff to actually feel it and see it and experience it, he's just like, no, I got to do the right thing. And I'm taking these people to task. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, Listen, the the one of the bigger one of the more obvious expressions of racism in America is like, you know, these leagues like the NBA or what what, what percentage of NBA coaches are black? Uh, you know, like NBA um, is much better, but the NBA is probably at like 12 out of the 28 or something like that. I don't, right. know, I don't have the numbers and off the top like, of my but head. But it's just but like yeah. it's one of those things like you look at the percentage of players who are black versus the percentage of coaches who are black and it's like a discrepancy, you know, in, yeah. in, in, in NFL and NBA. Um, and I just like, uh, you know, I'm, I, I find it remarkable that this is like going down. I mean, like, you know, again, like we said, it, it's, this is a guy who is, who is trying to take these, these trying to burn the whole thing down. Like he, like, mm -hmm. and I, I have, I, you know, I, I can't say that I'm a big NFL fan as much as I used to be. I used to be like obsessed with the NFL and obsessed with the dolphins, um, specifically, but the dolphins, 
you know, they will suck the they will suck the any enjoyment out of the NFL uh, out of Thanks. you if you if you had any emotional investment in them at any point. Um, you know, they're just been like the most boring franchise, which is like worse than being bad. It's like you're boring, and then you know they're in the news for the Richie Incognito thing. They're in the news for uh, for this thing. They just like make national news for for being shitty. Uh, I remember a head coach, well, or not a head coach, like what, their offensive line coach was doing coke and banging strippers in the office. Do you remember that story? Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was a good Jimmy. one. That was Miami. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. that was a good one. <laughs> like in the middle of the fucking practice or whatever. Um, yeah, and you know the stat that you'll hear bandied about, Nanda, when you mentioned the NFL being such a great expression of American ridiculousness as it pertains to race. Um, there's one black head coach in the NFL, a league that's 70% black. <laughs> that's, a kid, that's crazy. That is just crazy. You know, and, and look, and, and there's, there's rational arguments to be made to be like, well, you know, the population of football participating people. Right. You know, there's a lot of white guys participating in football. They just don't make it to the NFL. And, they just yeah. don't get to play in the NFL yeah. at an elite yeah. level at the rates that black people do, which whatever you could make that argument. But the idea that you would have one black coach in the entire NFL and he happens to be a coach at the most competent organization in the league and the league that's in, I mean, any organization that's known for the least amount of coaching yeah, turnover like four they, coaches. Yeah, I think between Ch Chuck Noll, Bill Cower, and um, Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin. That's a, just like a span of 50 years <laughs> with three coaches. One of the more, I don't think that, that will ever be replicated. No, you know? no. It's impossible. It's impossible. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think, look, the NFL's hiring practices are what they are. Like, it's just obvious that NFL owners um, who are all oligarchs, you know, this is like in today's sports, there are no mom and pop shop type of NFL or major league sports ownership groups. Like these are all oligarchs. Okay. Um, they don't care and they have no reason to NFL is breaking ratings records left and right. Their TV deals are astronomical. The fans refuse to turn it off. The players are the, like, it's either going to be, you have the only thing they respond to is, um, economic threats. And so either the fans stop watching or the workforce stops working. And it's just the fans aren't gonna stop watching. No, no, hell yeah. no. I mean, and by the way, I count weird. myself included in that. I'm gonna watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm gonna obviously. go to a party, scarf down 20 hot wings. Like it, it is what it is. I, I think if you told a a, a zoomer, uh, you know, someone born in like 2000 or some shit that Back when I was a kid, you know, in early 90s, you know, that the NFL and baseball and the NBA were kind of like, you know, they right. were like neck and neck. In they, terms you of could argue there was some neck and neckness in popularity. Yeah. Right. And especially when Jordan was in the NBA, it was yeah. like you could. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the ratings figures in front of me and I haven't looked them up. But like in terms of its impact on the culture and whatever, like the mid the early to mid 90s NFL was like not doing too hot. Um, and you know, like there weren't that many great players. There weren't, you know, it wasn't like that exciting or anything like that. Um, and, and baseball was still kind of still had the sheen of America's pastime and stuff like that. And, um, but now it is just the sport. It's by far the most popular sport, but also has become kind of, uh, 
battleground for our culture war. You know, it is kind of one of the main battlegrounds of the culture war for the past several years. Um, and yet, despite it, or maybe because of it, um, its popularity grows more than ever. <laughs> you know that <laughs> it's not growing like crazily. It's just that the NFL's audience share has not changed from yeah. the '90s to now, whereas baseball, hockey, NBA has dramatically fallen. It's dramatically decreased across the board as far as how much people are watching their stuff. The NFL stays the same somehow, um, and and because of that, they're just killing everything else as far as the live product. Um, yeah, I, I don't see anything changing, but I do think, look, he came on, get up and said, he's, he's not doing this to settle. He's taking this all the way, whatever that means. Um, I wonder, man, because you start turning over these emails. Cause again, this isn't like the Redskins investigation where, you know, it's an NFL team. The NFL league office is in charge of executing this audit. They're just going to, Whatever they find, ripped up, burnt, thrown away, we never saw it. It doesn't matter. This is an a truly independent entity coming in and auditing and basically all this other shit and discovery and going through all of your correspondence. Like, well, this could be interesting to see if other black coaches or like older black coaches, you know, who may feel like they were done dirty, um, join the class action suit, you know, um, or yeah, I'm alone. It seems, man, it seems unlikely, man, because these jobs are so hard to get and you put all your freaking marbles, you know, as far as your yeah. life into working in this industry. It's tough. What he's doing is definitely career suicide. I mean, he probably he probably signed a deal even with more the than Kaepernick. But even more than Kaepernick, because I don't know that Kaepernick could have predicted what that what he was doing. Nah, like was bro, I'm starting NFL career. quarterback. Like you got to let me play at some point. Like I know right. y'all mad, you know, like, like and, and like, that's and like just kneeling during the national anthem. Like that wasn't gonna like, like necessarily. I couldn't like if you would have told me before. Oh, uh, uh, NFL player is gonna kneel during the national anthem. I would not have said like, oh, his career is over. Like I would not have bet. No, that no shot. But this, this, his career is over. Like he and he must have known. You know, like this must have been like a guarantee. Like, he must yeah, have known. He knows. So, yeah, I mean, he must have been really fucking pissed. <laughs> which again, which which shows you that he's out for blood, straight up yeah. and down. Yeah, this guy is out for blood, and I think yeah, this it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting where it goes because again, and who knows what this turns into? It's not like like his earning power. He's a young man. He's obviously a talented guy. I'm sure you can figure out other ways to get paid from his skills, right? But you know, the thing that he worked his life for to become, um, that's off the table. So again, it just I just wonder how hard they're actually going to go after these people. And again, it's not like anybody's going to get sent to jail or whatever, but the possibility for public embarrassment and ridicule is very high for these people. And I do believe the power in the power of public ridicule and shame. I really do think there's something to every time these people walk into freaking Nobu or wherever they go to get dinner, everybody's, you see that? Oh, that's the such and such, blah, 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 blah. Like, I really do believe in the power of that. So we'll see yeah. where this goes. Yeah. Oh, man. Dolphins, baby. Yeah. The greatest football team. Yeah. And NFL, NFL, they never, they never skimp on the drama. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's yeah. our show for today, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure you become a patron at um, patreon.com backslash count the dings. I'm out of here. Peace. Later. <laughs>